What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. dark and candly yeah you're you're all about the candles this yep. year that's uh there's a lot of candles in here i feel like i'm in a catholic church i've been questioning that. you turning catholic nope mm, no i go to a catholic uh church uh, on occasion hardly ever but when i do it's it's like aerobic exercise i have no idea who's standing up stand up sit down, down stand up squat, sing kneel, squat kneel touch the all priest all fours show us your touch you. show us your package oh, i'm white <laughs> <laughs> That happens. Blowjobs for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. If we weren't going to hell. Pissed off the Catholics, pissing off the Mormons, yep. pissing off the, the Jews all the time. The Jews. <laughs> Always pissing everybody off. I, 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 I used your line, which is a line from who who's a comedian, said, just saying you just can't get a... I'm just saying you can't get a bagel in Germany anymore. A good and bagel. <laughs> a good bagel in Germany. And whose fault is that? I can't remember who the comedian was that did that, but he did... He, He's a Jewish comedian. Uh, it Shocking. Might have been Kevin. Shit, Kevin Pollock. Oh, one of okay. my favorite actors and comedians. Yeah, yeah I, and he. I think it was him that said that. Uh, he said, "There are certain things you can't complain about. Like if you're Jewish in Germany and you complain about not getting a bagel, uh, or not being able to get a good bagel in Germany, yeah. probably shouldn't. Uh, just know your audience. Don't complain about that because <laughs> they are going to be upset by that. Yeah. Anyway." But something you can't complain as much about anymore is I no longer work at the hospital. Like 40-year-old large. Yeah. Although there was zero fanfare when I left, which I'm still a little annoyed by. But you know what? I got adulation from one person. And she made the whole day right. Oh, and adulation. I was, yeah, that's a good <laughs> word. And, but, uh, and she was sincere because I believe her. And luckily, the week prior when I did a little, they don't even do an exit interview anymore because I think they just know what everybody's going to say because <laughs> they don't give a shit. But they need to do some sort of exit interview so they can uh, gather data. Mm-hmm. So I was sent a survey of 65 questions. Holy but the, shit. The, most of it was just Are like. Are you required to do this? No, you're not required to. Okay. No. No, you're not required to do that. But I, I, I went through and did it because they need data points, and I gave them plenty of data. But there's, uh, when it comes to reviewing your immediate supervisor, your director, and this and that and the other, uh, there's there's a box where you can type in things as opposed to how do they, how do you feel they did about this, uh, good or like excellent, good, you know, whatever, and then poor. And most, you know, most of the the people that uh, that that. I reported to were pretty cool. Uh, I did not have anything good to say about the current uh, CNO of the hospital, which I know a handful of nurses that listen to this podcast. They know exactly who I'm talking about and they would uh, 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I did put a glowing, just a glowing recommendation and review of, uh, of the, she would, I forget what her title is. She's directly below the CNO. And, She's phenomenal, and she's the one that I saw. I, I don't want to throw her name out there just to single her out, but mm-hmm. I saw her in the hallway right after I turned in my badge as I was getting ready to leave, you mm-hmm. know, last week. And uh, and she goes, she she saw me, her eyes lit up, and she's like, 
tonight was or last night was your last shift, wasn't it? And I said, how did you know that? And she goes, I get an I get an email of anybody who's leaving, and I make it a point to to you know review. Like if I know that that person, then I'll reach out to them. And I was going to reach out to you because I have your phone number. You know, I can just reach out to you that way. But I'm glad I saw you. And she's like, you helped me out. You helped us out so much with uh, the EMR rollout, the electronic medical record program and all that stuff and i i because i i used to do streamlining process streamlining uh specifically in order entry programs which is exactly what that is mm-hmm. um and you know it's a it's a it's a patient database and there's not that's not too far off from a customer database and that's what i used to deal with at frontier and i saw some problems in it this was like three years ago and so i saw a lot of bugs and problems and things things that were getting double billed that that's something that like if you double bill by accident with medicare you're not getting paid for either one. Oh, if you fuck up yeah. your paperwork it's just like anything else with it, like with the faa mm-hmm. you fuck something up you got to start all the way fucking over from scratch right mm-hmm. yeah the feds are the same way with healthcare. so i saw a bunch of shit that was wrong and i, I sent her an email and i was like hey these order processes are wrong da, 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 da. i don't know how to fix this but i know that i can help you guys streamline this because i used to do this for years at frontier and she's like cool can i hit you up can you be on our committee i'm like i don't have time for a committee i already i have two jobs i've got a teenage daughter i've got this because it was right when porsche i guess it would have been four years ago so it was porsche was a senior in high school Mm -hmm. i don't have time to deal with that i I work nights so it's not even like i'm working day shift i could take an hour out of my day and meet with you guys we meet at noon i just don't have the ability to however if we can limit it to just email i can help you out so much Mm -hmm. and i did and i and i did it mostly because I knew it would streamline the process and it would make things for everybody easier for everybody else, including myself. But she remembered that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that big of a deal and I'd actually completely forgotten about it because I only worked on that for two or three months and we got the problems fixed and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And she recognized that and she's like, I know you've worked here for a long time, almost 12 years, right? And I'm like, yeah. She knew more about me than I thought she did. Which, And then I just finally told her, I'm like, hey, you know, if this ex- establishment exists in, you know, as a hospital, uh, in like two years, it's going to be because of you. You're holding shit together. Mm-hmm. And I hope you know that. You may think that, but I know that you need to hear that verbally, vocally to you, to your face. Right. Because uh, n- <clears throat> nobody else in administration is doing their part. And I see that. And uh, the employees and former employees does of this she, place she really see it. That, do you think? She absolutely got it. I, she, you could see, you could, I could tell the look on her face, you know, and she gave me a hug. Which was, you could tell that it was like beyond professional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she was just like, "Thank you so much." And and then that was it. And then I saw a couple people that I know that was I was you know as I was walking out and, and said you goodbye. forgot to clock out. I think you I said. did forget to clock out. Well, because I tur- <laughs> I used my badge to clock in and out, right? right? And you had to turn your badge in. And I turned my badge in before I walked out to my truck, and got all the way out there. And luckily, like the lady who's uh, she's a staffing resource nurse, kind of like in charge of when patients get admitted where they go and keeping track of how many beds are available and what needs to be cleaned and this mm-hmm. and that and the other. And she, uh, I, I, luckily she's a friend of mine. Like our, our kids are the same age and have grown up together and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I called her and it was like, Hey, she goes, Oh God, you're not asking for your badge back. Right. You don't have second thoughts. Right. And I, no, I'm not having second <laughs> thoughts. Can you clock me out? I forgot to clock out. And she goes, I would love to clock you out. And then she told me, she goes, I forgot to tell you while you were in my office. Uh, I also put in my notice. She's worked there for like eight, 18 years. She's going to the VA. Okay. 
I'm like, well, good. They could use uh, her seriously, yeah, right? Uh, no, I, and I told her that. I said the VA needs all the good help that they can get. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're just. I told her you're added to. You're gonna be adding to the like. I know every. I think it's every. I'm pretty sure every single nurse that's on staff with the local VA. I know every single one of them because I worked with all of them. Yes. Whether it was an ICU or they were med <clears throat> search or point, an ER yeah. nurse, I've at some point in the past twelve years I worked with them. So yeah, nice big uh, career shift, and it's uh, so I'm pretty. But th- pretty there are a lot of people that are leaving. The, I mean, like this is common right now in a lot of hospitals. A lot people of hospitals are out of here. Well, so it's going to be a problem. It's right? a lot of hospitals that. Uh, um, now I can speak freely about this stuff. Hospitals, uh, for the most part, unless they're part of a really big. Uh, organization like a big company like Banner or Kaiser Permanente mm-hmm. or uh, is it Atlanta Health? Is that the name of the one that's in Atlanta area? Uh, uh, that's a big one. They have like twelve. Well, I know big that my, my friend that works that builds the hospitals there. It's uh, it's a uh, uh, Emory Riddle is a big system there. Emory Riddle the Emory. Oh my God, Emory, not Emory oh Emory. Riddle. Okay, Emory Emory University. Yeah, yeah Emory hospitals. Emory like right. uh, Piedmont Hospital and Emory. Yeah. I think work together. So Emory, it, unless Emory, you're Emory Riddle, Jesus, like they're teaching doctors to fly. That's a bad idea, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, if you're unless you're uh, a hospital that is part of a big organization that has been doing it for decades, mm-hmm. most hospitals are mismanaged to shit. Like they're if you look at their books, they're like on the bleeding edge of just going out of business mm-hmm. at any given time. And that's not just my nasty, bitter taste in my mouth from the you know from KRMC. That is universal. Now, would uh, I have friends everywhere in this country? Would uh, the Mayo be considered a big? I know yes. only there's a few, only a few hospitals for the Mayo. But it's though. a big. Every single Mayo is a huge <clears throat> complex, and they do okay. lots and lots of stuff. And and this hospital is associated with the Mayo Clinic on some. Yeah, level. there's you can be a, a, a Mayo affiliate, which basically makes Mayo Clinic in. In network for your insurance, they share uh, teaching responsibilities for like teaching hospitals. So like, if you're doing clinicals or not clinicals, a residency with Mayo, you might get sent to Kingman or to Flagstaff or mm-hmm. you know somewhere else to do uh, residency as a doctor. So that's okay. one of the reasons why they partner with Mayo. Um, okay. It also makes paperwork easier to transfer um, you know, so, patients back and forth. So if one were to, I mean, you'd have to be a really solid, let's say, Ma and Pa hospital, for lack of a better term. I uh-huh. know it's not what it is, but you know, locally run and managed kind of thing, like our hospital, has no other branches anywhere, right? This is it. This is the hospital. Right. There's, well, there's the KRMC main campus and all the clinics that are attached to sure, it. Sure, okay. But otherwise, there's no other main campus. Somewhere else, the, like yeah. in uh, Prescott or something right, or whatever. Right, right. Um, so... What you're probably also saying then, or it sounds like this is going that way, is that ultimately those are going to get swallowed up or by bigger, larger hospitals and run differently, maybe, ultimately. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Like, if they don't <laughs> if they don't get their shit together, there's not going to be enough staff to take care of people. Right now, there's not enough staff to take care of the influx of patients that they have. Right. And this is something I've kept tight-lipped about for far too fucking long. Mm-hmm. Anybody that works there knows what I'm talking about, and then we're they're they're sitting at about fifty percent of the staff so that they need. So they're pushing all the staff that's there constantly, right there, right now. Yeah. They, in other words, all the staff there is so used to being beaten by their husband, if you will, that they don't really know what it's yeah. like to have a properly staffed hospital. Correct. And how stress relieving it is, and how yeah. they can properly do their job. When your nurses and, can can actually do the work that they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. rather than be overwhelmed and not able to take care of people properly. 
but it's not the nurse's fault. I worked with some dynamite nurses, man. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I anytime I've, you, anybody, you, you tell me this. You tell me there's good people that work there. No question. And we've talked about this before. I am <clears throat> okay with anybody criticizing KRMC as an organization, but I draw the line when you start talking shit about people I work with. Mm-hmm. And I will be vocal and I will be aggressive, and you will not have a good day. Mm-hmm. And. So, like, when people complain, eh, it took forever for me to the ER. Didn't it? Well, okay, it's not has nothing to do with the staff in the ER. Why are you in the ER? Well, I've got a fucking sinus infection. Go to your primary care physician. Don't use the ER as your primary care. I went to the front of the line when I went to the ER. Yeah, <laughs> I bet time. you did. Yeah, yeah. when you pull the towel off your head and then blood squirted out, they're like, oh, we should probably <laughs> Okay, get, you should be right back here right now. You're going to skip right ahead of that guy who has, has I chest didn't have pain. To sit, I didn't have to sit down at all. I, I walked in and I I, I checked. I, I went to the thing and I went, yeah, yeah, I've got a gash in my head. Okay, and they, they, that's why I thought it, whatever. And they said, well, come, let's look well, at it. Well, you're, because you're downplaying it. You're <laughs> like the king of downplaying problems with yourself. Okay, let's look at it. And they went, they, whoa! And they, they didn't even have me sit down yeah, in the waiting room. Yeah, didn't even get a chance to sit down. They're like, <laughs> yeah, front of the line. Well, I've been here for three hours. You have a sinus infection, sir. Shut the fuck up and go home. Just take a Tylenol and shut up. So, oh, God. Uh, yeah, like when people will com- would complain about uh, the care that they got, uh, nine times out of ten, it was it's complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. And we have you know friends of ours that work in PR there. They know it's a bunch of bullshit. How much uh, to trying to be honest here? If you and you, of course, you didn't work in ER, but you know people that did. I did for about six months. Oh, yeah. What would you say? Uh, what would you say? <laughs> no, <laughs> what would you say? The 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 percentage of people that actually should be there for emergency is 50. So it's about half, obviously. Yeah, yeah probably. Maybe even less well, than that. Well, let half. me check. Yeah, that's I'm half. sure I, I have friends, obviously, you know, that we have friends uh, or mm-hmm. listeners that, that, uh, that, 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 um, Work work in, that work in the ER mm-hmm. specifically. And I'm sure they'll call me out on that. But I, if I had to guess, it would be 50%, if not uh, fewer than that. Maybe even 25% of the people actually need to be there in the ER. Okay, but then some people, let's say, let's say they do have a science infection where they have no business going there, but they don't have a regular doctor. What are they supposed to do at that point? They're supposed to go to an urgent care. Okay, one of these yeah. do- dock in the boxes. Yeah. Okay. During the day. Yeah. Not at three and in some, the morning at the ER. Yes, correct. Okay. You know, and it, 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 it but still, whatever, they're going to go anyway, so you yeah. just deal with it. Um, ER at three in the mornings for like people at there were drunken parties and someone got the crossbow out. You thought it'd be kind of fun, or you know, slice their <laughs> thumb open trying to play Fruit Ninja on his thirtieth birthday. Uh, Timmy Harnan, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Kuhuku Lane, Honolulu. Like I just fucking call him out. Bro. <laughs> people just show up to his condo and be like, "Hey, you're the guy that you, you know. still got your sword and some fruit." <laughs> <laughs> he should have gone to the ER and he didn't. But I anyway. like the medical advice you were trying to give him to convince him to. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I still can't believe I fucking because it, it it was it was me. And who Terry had, was there timing in everybody because it wasn't just Terry. There were there were three nurses there. Terry and Caitlin and Amanda were all there, and we're fucking yeah. So all right, folks, here's there. Our friend Timmy, who's a good friend of mine, also he lives in Honolulu. I've stayed with him multiple times. Timmy used to live here in Kingman. He had a thir- his thirtieth birthday party. Somebody decided it was a good idea to buy him a katana. And two, I, don't, I think. Wasn't it a pair? Yeah, I, I, excuse me. He got two katanas. Mm-hmm. So Timmy decided that he was going to start cutting fruit. He's going to turn into a fruit ninja. Like now, he started throwing them up and he'd be like, cut it in half. Cut it in, in which, the air, which, which is that, that's, okay. that's fine, whatever. Yeah. But then he started doing really dumb shit, which is he was drunk, and that's when we do dumb the shit. The fancy stuff you might see in a movie, for example. Yes. And he, try, he was like trying to time throwing, I think it was a pineapple mm-hmm. up. 
with his left hand and then coming across and or coming up and slicing at it. No, no. What he Wasn't did it? is he had a fruit like a pineapple or whatever, a melon sitting there, and he would he would he was going to go across. Like, oh, crossways like with both of them. One of the blades. Blades hit his thumb. Yeah. And sliced a huge flap out of his, like on his thumb. And it, I, it was down deep. It was definitely deep. I can almost see bone. I know that he has mobility issues with that thumb still to this day. Wow. So I know he's it, he didn't slice through a tendon, but he definitely sliced into it. Yeah. So. He's walking around. He's got, like, paper towels on. I'm like, Timmy, what the fuck, dude? He's like, hey, bro. I don't know, man. Do you think I need to go to the hospital? I'm like, what? Nobody here is going to drive you, and you damn sure aren't calling an ambulance Mm -hmm. for a cut thumb for being a dumbass. But then you looked at it. I looked at him like, man, you got to stop that bleeding. And then I decided to fuck with Timmy. And I said, but you, you know, knew it was pretty. He needed stitches. Or, did he I, ever get stitches? He didn't get stitches. He taped it up. I we taped it up. He taped it up with duct tape. I'm pretty sure okay. that night. But it was bad. Which is, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Like that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It was clean, it irrigated, and it's good enough. Okay. Because uh, the bleeding could stop. You know, he stopped. Okay. So anyway, I convinced Timmy. I was like, hey man, you know, an emergency situation. I learned this in Boy Scouts. Um, there's clotting agents in your rectum, so you can put. <laughs> Your thumb, you shove your literally in, shove your thumb up th- your ass. Literally shove your thumb up your ass, <laughs> and the bleeding will eventually stop. This is a, kind of an emergency situation. He's like, "Oh man, that sounds gross. I don't think I, that I don't sounds think like that's I bullshit." And then you got other people to and I, I, like get in, you know, gonna get an infection. So Terry Deese was there, been a nurse for thirty five years. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey Terry, what do you uh, you hear what I said?" He goes, "Oh yeah, man, put your thumb right up there, man. It'll stop the stop all the bleeding. You know, just don't leave it up there, and then rinse it off later on. Just you know, you'll be fine." <laughs> and then of course, because we're all drunk as hell, and so I got two other nurses with it, combined probably fifteen years experience, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that'll work." And he's like, "That doesn't sound right." And doesn't like, sound, "No, really, doesn't sound it doesn't sanitary. sound." Yeah, he goes, "I don't know, man. It doesn't sound sanitary." And like, I promise you, man. <laughs> Like, it, it'll work. And he goes, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he starts walking down the hallway. I'm like, no, 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 no. we're just fucking with you. He's like, you guys are fucking dicks. Like, happy birthday, buddy. Maybe don't play Fruit Ninja. And I was, you, you probably remember, but I was sitting kind of right behind him in a, yeah. at a table. And he starts flinging these. I'm talking to the people next to me. Who they are. I'm, I'm, I'm not in a good distance here. I don't like being yeah. right here. We weren't too close. So I said, and then and they started getting a little more. This is while he was using the swords to cut things. Yeah, getting yeah. more fancy with it. I went, I'm going to move. And I, I, I went way around, went behind the house, around the corner. Yeah. And lo and behold, my judgment was right because something did happen. You know, it could have easily happened to us, I guess, behind us possibly, but it was just too much. Yeah. Well, I was around the corner and uh, when this was going on. And I, I think I may have no, joined you over there. Yes, Maybe you, you did. It was me, you, Jasmine. Jasmine was the one that I noticed was standing right behind me like she was hiding, hiding behind a oh, fucking... Oh, yeah, I remember like that. Like she was hiding behind a fucking boulder. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Jazzy. Thanks for that. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whatever. <laughs> I can eat some meat. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> take, oh, take care of that Canadian. Yeah, no shit. Oh, God. It was that, but yeah, what a good night. He, that's, he got a, his 30th birthday. He got a bounce house. Right. It was amazing. Play a lot of flip cup. Remember that? Yes. And he told yeah. me, remember when he said it was, oh, yeah, it's raspberry wheat. That was the, he th- said, that's the wheat beer. We're playing flip cup with a wheat beer. And he says, raspberry wheat. It's like, what, 4 or 5% it was, or something? Yes, yeah, so like 4 been. or 5%, maybe 6% on mm-hmm. the outside. No, it was wicked. It was raspberry wicked poison, which is 14%. Mm-hmm. So everybody got fall down drunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it was, yeah. yeah. I was there. It was a I good was party. Yep. Anyhow. So, yeah. 
You guys won't hear me bitch about the hospital anymore after this episode. But you should do your best to stay out of the hospital. I mean, just in general. Yeah, just stay out of the hospital. There's no room. It's not that there's no room. There's no staff. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the... That's... You can check yourself in. They'll give you the keys to all the cabinets. You can rummage yeah, through all Yeah, just kind of just take care of yourself. <laughs> just kind of figure this shit out. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> oh, God. So bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I left. And when, there were actually some people that were visibly, like, they, not visibly, they were actually upset with me. They're like, well, what are we going to do? My my boss, I put in, when I put in my notice, I still haven't heard from her. I put in my notice two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we, two and a half weeks ago. And, uh, I said, you know, this take this as my letter of resignation. Last day will be this. Da, 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 da. If there's anything I can do to, you know, ease the transition, this and that and the other, let, please let me know. And all I got back was, thanks for letting me know. Oh, that was it. That's it. Um, I called her the next week. I sent her an email asking her if there's anything I need to do, was paperwork or anything like that. Never heard anything back. Wow. Um, so to so me, they're not really happy. Obviously. To me, that's either her being. It's either she's. Um, Either she's just overwhelmed and busy because she's losing staff left and right, including in my position because they're critically. I mean, we were critically short staffed before I left, mm-hmm. and there's another person who's leaving the job, uh, like like next week, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know about. Wow. So, and then somebody else going on uh, on my shift, going my former shift, that's going on a medical leave of absence uh, to I'm take care of some really surgeries. Sure, I don't go to the hospital. Yeah. Especially if you have a heart issue, because there's nobody to monitor you. So, <laughs> but they got a lot of good, they got a good heart department, heart department, or you want to call it? They do, they do. yeah, Cat, they do. Cath lab and all that stuff. <clears throat> they have their their acute cardiac stuff is is incredible. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that department is just top notch. Mm-hmm. There are people like Lisa, yeah. who has 24 years experience, 25 years experience in a very heavy, like very heavily specialized form of. Uh, ultrasound technology so mm-hmm. like she's yeah so like they they have people like that in there um uh but yeah it's a uh, it's nice it's been a relief uh for sure uh yeah uh, so i'm glad it's good it's all kind of behind um, me and i i did that and i'm done nothing i want to talk about this topic with the hospital but do, do you were were covid numbers going back up right now or are they not they were kind of maintaining okay like we hit when the delta variant hit Mm-hmm. We were we were packed. Yeah, we, I think we got to like seventy five or eighty patients in that hospital, which was kind of about the maximum because of staffing. Uh, couldn't really take much or more. Seventy five COVID patients. Yes. Yeah. Which the peak in twenty twenty was like ninety four at one time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as of last week, because I my my email got shut, company email got shut off on Friday this past, a few days after I my last shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was still getting the COVID updates, and on Thursday I saw in the email, uh, the the just the email blast they sent out about COVID numbers, that there were like tw- I think twenty six patients in there that were uh, COVID uh, positive. So I, I I think it was just kind of maintaining between twenty and thirty patients there for probably the last three four months. So I guess the the wonder I just have a this is not an answerable right now, but you wonder if you know there are more people are getting vaccinated, not necessarily <coughs> around here, but they are in general, and you wonder if. Uh, because it is getting going to be colder. People going to be in closer proximity. But it's going to do the normal and typical thing. And dropping masking mandates, and then uh, the the reason why we didn't have a flu season last year, it was non-existent in North America. People thought it was all bullshit because they're calling the flu the COVID now. Like everybody's no, and then there were zero, not zero, but very very few cases. Dude, I haven't of flu. been sick for two fucking years. Yeah, since this year and three quarter, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. 
when they when they people started spacing out more and wearing masks. And stuff. But I here's just haven't been sick. Here's the thing about that though, like no sinus infections, no sniffles, no mm-hmm. none of that shit. The problem with that is, is that that means your immune system is going to be weaker for it. The the longer you go without being sick, the harder it's going to be when you do get it. Get but sick. isn't it true that your body is always fighting off minor things all the time? Yeah, to a certain degree. Not so much out here. Um, like when you lived in Atlanta, you mm-hmm. know, or in the South, where it's you know humid. I was fighting off the, the gays all the time. When fighting? I was well, I mean, Jesus, have, have yeah. you seen you? Like dudes are just on you like flies on shit. Yeah, no, not yeah. Really. Um, no, um, you're you have more uh, pathogens in the air in an area that is warm and moist, moist. than you do out here yes. that is dry as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, your body's constantly fighting off something. Like you're, that's what your immune system is there for. But when it, you come into contact, like if you get a sinus infection every year, like most people do, mm-hmm. and you don't get one for a couple of years, it's kind of not good. It's the the next time you do get one, it's probably going to be pretty rough. Hmm. I'm not saying you're going to die from it. I'm just saying it's probably going to be worse than what you might have had in the past. All right, but but, but I am saying that that my my one data point of me is consistent with. The other illnesses that didn't happen at the hospital. You know, people weren't coming in for flu and that kind of shit. Right. Yeah, because everybody was wearing masks right. last year. Or not everybody, but a not, lot of people. Not going out as much. Or not going out all as much. Things. Yes, yeah. and not cooped up spacing and, and all up. that. I actually like this spacing at stores now. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't want to be standing. Would you excuse? Would you back up? I can smell your pajama bottoms, ma'am. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Just, yeah, give us a little breathing room here. Right. So that that's my my worry is that flu season. I mean, I got all my 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 flu shot like a month and a half ago, a month my ago. Flu shot yet? I gotta get. See, I I, I want to get this booster because I got the J and J again. I called the Why bother? The Why bother? Yeah. So I got it, and then they say it doesn't matter how old you are, you can get the booster now. Yeah. So um. Yeah, if you got Johnson and Johnson, you can get a booster now, or you can just say fuck it and get the first dose of Moderna and the second vo- dose of Moderna, Moderna, which is what I would do if I were you. Both doses of Moderna. Yeah. Yeah, because it's been. How, they won't. When I, did you get but, that? But I have a record of me getting the Johnson and Johnson one somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So they'll see that. The why bother? The why bother? Yeah. Okay. Do you see my point now? I know. No, I get it. Okay. But what I'm saying is, they'll look me up and go, "Yeah, we see you had the Johnson and Johnson one." I'll go, oh, "I'll take this one." I'll come back a, a month later and get another one. Yeah. They'll go, "You don't need it. You already." And had you'll the be J&J. good for six more months. Yeah, but you already had the J and J, and you had the yeah. then the Moderna. I don't know I, what they'll I, say. I have no idea. I don't know what they'll say. Or you could just tell them I've never been vaccinated. Like we we see you right here, Mister Gaines. No, it's it's Gaines with a Y, like gay, like right. gay, G- gay. Gaines. I'm from Atlanta. Gay again. We Gaines. Were in the Atlanta thing ITP. Again. I was ITP for a while. Anyway, uh, yeah, my fear is that this year's flu season is going to murder people. It's just gonna it's gonna wreck them because we didn't have one last year. Or maybe it won't. Maybe we just it won't be that big of a deal. I don't know, but I'm not going to worry about the uh, patient numbers, and I'm going to worry about staffing. I'm not going to worry about any of that shit. You didn't really leave the like a lot of people did because of COVID. They would just go were overloaded. I mean, you you had more stuff going on, but I, a lot of people I had been left because w- of that. Yes, I've wanted to get out of that place for a long time. Yeah, COVID just exacerbated all the issues I had and uh, with that place, and then. On top of that, just seeing the mismanagement of things, not enforcing How about things. Overmanagement like, of things too. Overmanagement. I'll, is I'll a, bring that up because overmanagement of the wrong things and undermanagement of and the right too, things. Can you say? I'll say it if you don't. I think that there's too much management, too much, too many positions. It's way too top heavy. Put it this way: unlike hospitals used to be, 
Yeah. Uh, twelve years ago, when I started working there, I reported to the director of ICU, who was also ICU and PCU, a handful of other units. Right. Mm-hmm. I reported to him. He reported to the chief nursing officer, CNO. And that was right. It. Two people. That was it. Last week, when I was still employed there. I reported to a clinical manager who reported to a director of med search who reported to a nurse nursing director who reported to the CNO. Wow. So that's just that's just so much money right there. There's so Double. there's a, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So it doubled the amount of uh, of of uh cooks in the kitchen so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not First off, people don't like being overmanaged. They don't like being micromanaged. That's Nobody like, that, fucking likes that. that. Sounds like office space, which says, "I have, <coughs> I have four different managers, Bob." Or yes, whatever he says like yes. that. Yes, and that movie came out in 1999. Yeah. Let's so when think I make about a mistake, that. I get to hear it four different times. Four it's different like, times. <laughs> yes, no shit. <laughs> and what do these people do? They're they're paper pushers. That's that's what they do. They're paper pushers that have way too much responsibility, and they're not getting paid well enough for it. I'm not saying that those people are useless. I'm saying. That they don't, they're just unnecessary. It's unnecessary mm-hmm. to have that many people. And I'm one of those too. Like, I don't think a CEO of a hospital that has under 2,000 employees deserves to make a, over a million dollars a year. I don't fucking think so because right. they don't do that much. Right. They really don't. There's also a huge disconnect in communication between middle management. Okay. There, you got a bunch of yes men and women mm-hmm. that are saying, oh, yeah, boss, everything's going great to the, your CEO, CFO, CNO, CIO, all those people. They're complete. Most of them are completely and totally out of touch with reality. Mm-hmm. They like you know, and that's one of the things that I put on there. And these are uh, a lot of people little, that have nothing to do with a patient. They're they, just, they're they're just, they don't. They're part they're of the not, system, but yeah, they're not. Yeah, part of the healthcare. They're administrators. They're yeah. in the suits and stilettos crowd. They don't wear. They don't wear scrubs. Yeah. They don't get in down in the shit with anybody like the you know nurses and aides and respiratory therapists and phlebotomists that I all worked that we you know that I worked with they're not in there they they don't come in at night they don't know jack shit about what's going on mm-hmm. there's also being fed bullshit from middle you know middle management being uh up you know being sent up right so you have this disconnect from reality of what's actually going down in the trench going down in, in the trenches and then right now the CNO of the hospital his name's Jim he's not he He's never worked in critical care as a nurse. He's barely an RN as far as I'm concerned. It's mostly administrative degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the only person that I gave, like, uh, how how would you say that uh, your uh, CNO did at this? Poor. How do you think he did at this? Poor. How did he do it? Do you have any other thoughts that you want to say about your chief nursing officer? And uh, this is in the exit interview survey thing. Mm-hmm. And I typed out, I have not seen the CNO uh in person since 2019 i believe that's all i need to say uh that's all that needs to be said mm-hmm. about his character i got an email about that <laughs> i got an email to my personal email address from a from the hr director mm-hmm. who said i want you to know i'm passing this along this is the same guy that i, I you and i talked about this privately mm-hmm. you know i had a, a meeting with hr a number of months ago about staffing ratios and hostile work environment and right that I believe that the administrative staff are making uh, such poor decisions that it's making my job harder and creating a hostile work environment, and I'm not I'm just not going to put up with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't feel that I have to. I shouldn't I shouldn't have anxiety the day before I come to work. Right, that's terrible. I shouldn't have that. And I don't even work with patients. I can't imagine what it was like to be what it's like to be a nurse. I know a bunch of them washed out. Mm-hmm. I know uh, people that took early retirement that left 
they're going to like telemedicine to where the you know it's like a nurse like a call a nurse kind of thing they FaceTime with a nurse sure. and yeah. they went to do that they're travelers because the travelers are making five times what they would normally ever make mm-hmm. and go to hospitals that you know need that are willing to pay mm-hmm. for staff so I have I had I, I didn't have an axe to grind but anyway so the HR guy emailed me and goes hey I was wondering if I could have a quick phone call with you i want to talk about you know uh, some of the things you put in your exit interview i said am i going to be prevented from getting my my final check he goes now we can't legally do that mm-hmm. trust me it's not the, you, what you put in there was not even close to the worst i've ever seen it's about middle of the road wow and i'm like okay cool he said there's there's definitely and then he told me is the people put in they'll cuss in there and they'll say fuck this guy and fuck them and, mm-hmm. and eat shit and i'm like oh i'm first off it's the largest employer in the county I live in the county right. for the foreseeable future. Right. I, don't, I, I don't want to burn that bridge. <clears throat> for any number of reasons. For a lo- yeah, for a, yeah. yeah, no shit. And uh, so we talked about it, and he's like, I want you to know that I'm attaching this portion of the survey um, in an email blast that I send out every month for people. That, you know, These are things that, that employees have been saying, and it goes – uh, to everybody, basically everybody with a C before their title. Mm-hmm. So CEO, CFO, CIO, CNO, CMO, all those people mm-hmm. are going to get that. And I want you to know you are not, uh, he said you are one of like 15 that specifically called him out. And so it's going to go to all a, of them. There's a problem Yeah, there. there's a huge problem yeah. there. Yeah. And it's nice that it's getting recognized. The day that I get a text from a friend of mine who still works there or I hear in the paper that he gets, that he's 86th, I'll be like, cool. Still not gonna fucking come back. Mm-hmm. You guys can, you know, suck a fart out of my ass. But <clears throat> good. Hopefully, my friends that you know, the eight friends I have at the hospital are still able to, you know, work. Yeah, because that'd be nice. It's nice to always have allies that are on the floor there working. You know, if something does happen, that you know that they kind of know you or, or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, absolutely. I'm gonna do a good job, professional anyway. But it just it's nice to to know that someone's there. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And I have. All the faith in the world of the core staff at KRMC because I they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never had. Only, I was there one time for a friend who fell through that hole over there, <laughs> and uh, and then me with my thing. I never had a a, a problem with no. anybody there. No, the staff getting... is the staff is 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 uh, exceptional, but it it's the administration. And again, like you said, it's top heavy, mm-hmm. very top heavy organization. And I found out last week, I think it was like the day before my last day. That they're doing a big shakeup of management and eliminating a bunch of positions and things like that. Well, I fucking bet because they can't. They can't. They, they it's can't not tenable. Afford they to. Yeah, they can't yeah. afford to pay. If you don't have enough patients coming in, you and if you can't hospitalize and admit people and you have to turn them away, not turn them away, but turf them to other hospitals. That's money you're losing out on. Oh yeah. And if you you it's it's like the you know how the whirlpool spirals fast like water spirals faster and faster as it gets to the drain. Yep, that's where they're at. They're about three quarters away the drain. The other thing too is that is if this hospital is, and people don't like. I, I imagine some traveling nurses like certain hospitals probably, or people that go there. Oh, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. There, and if this one maybe is not, and I hate to because I live here, so I, I, I would like it to be better. You know, but right, it's it's not good for the reputation of. Um, of Kingman either if people go there and go oh my god that place is a clusterfuck and right. it gives it gives the whole town a bad name and it just way. makes things speed up and, and yeah. the deterioration speeds up at yep. that point and it gets to a point where you can no longer like the drain's been pulled mm-hmm. so you gotta figure out a way to plug that 
or at least slow it down. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's that. I'm and I'm done. Freedom. Uh, telling you, man, like walking out to the parking lot, that drive. I took a leisurely dro- drive home, drove the speed limit, drove through town instead, taking the freeway, and just soaked it all up. I took a like a I, like you had mentioned you uh. You were leaving a class, uh, I guess, in college for the last. Well, it was, it was my leaving, last. Uh, it was my last final exam, last class, and then he was going to be graduating after that. Right, yeah. and you just I, I stopped. stopped there at the door. Yeah, before I pushed it for the last time. And I st- like right in the breezeway in the the the, the rear entrance to the uh, the hospital. Mm-hmm. I stood there in the breezeway for like half a second, kind of nodded, and then just proceeded to walk to the parking lot. And I saw a nurse who I, I've worked with. Pretty much the entire time, uh, her name's Anna. I I uh, saw her and she goes, "When's your last day?" And I'm like, "Right now. I just I'm done. I'm." She, in fact, I went to tell her, "Yeah, I just clocked out." And I realized, "Oh shit, I didn't clock, I didn't out. clock out." That was when she was the reason I realized that I didn't clock out. Yeah. She goes, "Wow, congrats!" Shook my hand, gave me a hug, and she's like, t- t- "Just like uh, she wished me the best and all that." And that was really mm-hmm. kind of cool. Nice. <clears throat> that was cool. So, yeah. All right, hey, let's take a break. Let's do that. Yeah, we'll be right back. Still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild streets and every time I thought I got it made it seemed the taste was not so sweet so I turned myself to face me but I've never caught a glimpse how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test change Taking the base I'm 
I got nothing, Joe. Oh. No, I'm kidding. you've waiting I, like three episodes to talk about whatever no, it is you're going to talk about, so you better come up with something. No, I, I, have, uh, I have a lot. And actually, pretty soon we're going to be promoting this event that's coming out here with this. Did we ever talk about the B-17 thing? No, we did not because it wasn't 100% announced okay. yet. So should we wait till next week? Or? No, I say we start saying talking about it now. All right, then we'll go into my other thing. So um, uh, a few weeks ago, literally only a few weeks ago, um, myself and Tim Gerlach, who's a friend of mine, who's a pilot and is part of our organization, Air, Aviation Heritage Center of Kingman, nonprofit. We're developing a museum out here. People are going to learn about this too. And it's going to be a proper thing. We're going to go to the council on December 7th on Tuesday and present our idea. And they already know about it. We already have it in the master plan out here, the location of where it's going to be. I'm not going to go into all those other fancy details about it. But anyway, so we have these meetings for for that that's coming up. And then Jill Gornetsky, who is the third member of our museum little group club thing, board member, uh, said, hey, I have this interesting information that might be museum topic-y. Okay, yes. Well, I've learned that there's a uh, there's a B-17 pilot, former B-17 pilot who lives in the Phoenix area who goes to a church of a common person that we all know down there. And uh, he's uh, turning 100 years old, uh, first part of December. Whoa, really? Yeah. And he... Um, he, f- he finished the 25 missions, required missions, bombing missions, over Germany. Which, folks, you got to understand the history of the B-17, the Flying Fortress, Memphis Bell is one of the more famous ones. Flying 25 missions was a feat. No, and yeah. not very many of them did that. No, they did. Not, it, it, they, no. We lost thousands of those planes all over Europe. Yeah, I don't know how many it was, but he was he got he mm-hmm. was there in 1943, I think. He came back 43, in 44. April of 43 to March of 44, 44 something, no. or March of 43 to April of 44, something like that. Yeah, he was over there for about and, a year. But anyway, so, and, <coughs> so she goes, he's, we have to say this real yeah. quick, though, just for folks that don't know. Um, those bombers, once they flew 25 missions, all the guys got to go home. They got they retired the plane. That was it. And I don't know about retiring was, the plane. I well, I don't know about yeah. Maybe not retiring the plane. Maybe they. Maybe, that was you know, a good they, idea they, in the beginning. Was, and they the, the were crew, running out of planes. The crew was done at that <laughs> yes, point. They yeah. they they were done. They got to go home. Yeah, they got yeah. to go home. The guys from the Memphis Bell because they were one of the first and one of the more famous ones mm-hmm. to finish their 25 missions, and because it was kind of a, a rare feat, it was a big to do about it. They went on like a, a flying tour all over. Um, yeah. They flew their their B seventeen back to the states, then flew, flew all, all over around to war sell bonds, war bonds. Yeah, yeah, war bonds and promote you know patriotism or whatnot. So the twenty five missions thing is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal that he's a pilot. It's an even bigger deal that he's turning a hundred. He's still with it. He lives in the Phoenix alive. area, and we know someone that knows him. So she told us all this, and we went, "What?" You know, and then we thought. Well, we got to do something. What are we gonna, you know? And, and, and the more we started talking about it during that one early on that meeting, we said, "There's no way we can't not do something." Right. Also about this. Also worth note, you and I know this, and some people that listen to us may or may not know it, but Kingman was uh, kind of the center for uh, training the gunners. Yeah, on at, the B-17s. Actually, the first one, believe it or not, was where Nellis is now. It was that Vegas was the first one in the area. Okay. And then very quickly after that, they built the Kingman. It was kind of the auxiliary to that. Not really an auxiliary because they was a, as big, almost It was as their big. own, yeah. But, yeah. It was, this but was that target. was the very first, and this was the second. What now? It was target shooting, essentially, right? And they had, like, dummy planes, and they had... They yeah, had, they would start them out by shooting BB guns on the ground and, 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 uh, and tracking targets just like you would at the... Carnivals and fairs yep. and stuff now, yeah. so that's how that would happen. And then they go all the way up to, and the last thing they would do is they would get a, a B seventeen around here, and shoot at 
shoot at uh, uh, aircraft with these uh, frangible bullets that would break apart easily with 50 caliber frangible bullets. Did, did I tell you that Tim f- bought a, a box a of A box those? of unfired ones? Yeah. That's Fran- 1940, 44. That's war. so cool. Yeah. So um, then they would shoot at aircraft and they would have uh, sensors on these aircraft. And when they got hit, the noses would light, light up. They had like a light in the very nose. And it was called Operation Pinball. Wow. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, that's which, cool. Which, which, military actually, for all that you love them or hate them, they have some pretty cool. Hilarious They come up with some names. great names. Yes. We're going to call it uh, Pinball. Bing, bing, bing. You know, something yeah. lights up. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It, it's absolutely perfect. So it's called Operation Pinball, and that's the air-to-air flexible gunnery training here that happened here at this air. That's why this air base was built. Right. And after the war, it became a uh, depot for thousands of B-17s and other aircraft. They came here, they chopped them all up. Chopped them up, melted them down. Right. And that's why we have all these bumps out here that Joe gets to drive over yeah, the, all the time. Yeah, the draw site is yeah. uh, oh, it's pathetic. But what's, anyway. What's really kind of a shame, though, too, because everybody hates it, and it's going to be getting fixed. They, they, they're they already putting out for bids for removing all this. This is happening. Oh, good. Yeah, good. so it's actually happening. But, but it's funny because you rarely think about that. All we think about is getting mad at all the problems out here at the airport and we finally are getting things changed but um but if you were to think about that right you don't think about stuff long enough not you we all just don't about you're driving over all these areas where they were chopping up b-17s right here thousands of them right here right in front of where we're and parked the, the pictures uh, like you have a picture here you know mm-hmm. hanging up and i've seen that same photo that same photo is in uh, at the uh u.s air force museum in dayton ohio From kingman it's up yeah there? oh okay. yeah 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 it has i mean it's a very small section on kingman but it talks about gunnery training mm-hmm. you know this and that and the other but anyway so yeah, this so, so this guy lives in in the phoenix area Right. You guys have you know know him through you know uh, through right. friend of a friend. So we said, what can we do? We should have a birthday celebration. Well, maybe he's can't get around. Maybe he's in a wheelchair. Maybe he can't. We, we don't know any of this stuff. We got to find this out. And then either Jill or Tim. It wasn't me. Bob said probably Jill because he goes, hey, we should get the B seventeen to show up and we should have a birthday party here. And I'm like, holy cow! You can't just order a B seventeen like a you know. It's not like ordering a Whopper. <laughs> you can't. Or just, you can't really get one uh, Amazon Prime. Right. And there's also not let's very. Let's tell Bezos. Let's tease Bezos about that. When you would like to get we a B17, should. Like, yeah, you can. you can go kind of into space, but not really. But <laughs> can you get a B seventeen? Because right. we did. You know, eighty year old technology. How about that? Bezos? Yeah. Can you? Well, and also something uh, worth mentioning, or rather, another thing of note worth mentioning is there's not very many of those B seventeens that are that are airworthy. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Uh, it's like fewer, fewer than, than 10. ten. Yeah, fewer yeah. than ten. I think we figured and we out have one less as of a couple years ago. Yeah, they crashed. I was in Connecticut or something. Right? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so so there's not very many of them. They're hilariously expensive to maintain. Yeah, and the Commemorative Air Force down in Mesa has one of these, and it was here before a few years ago. We brought it. It costs money to do this stuff. So Jill goes, "Hey, let's see if the B-17s available." Okay, I didn't think it would be. Well, as it turns out, it is on that Monday, not on the Tuesday. His birthday is actually the fifth, I think, which okay. is Sunday. And but they're available. They're not available on the seventh because there's Pearl Harbor. It's going to, for some Pearl Harbor thing. I'm sure, yeah. But so they're available on the sixth, and they can come up and they go, yeah, we can make that happen. So, so there's going to be a B seven if the weather holds out and all that stuff. It's going to be a B seventeen here at the Kingman Airport on December sixth from about nine thirty or ten to about three o'clock in celebration of Major Levin Farrens. That's his name, Major. Yeah, he was a major in the Air Force or Army Air Corps at the time. Um, and he will be here. He's going to be flown up by our friend and his family up in a Cessna 410. 
landing and the B-17 will come in. who do some kind of a pomp and circumstance stuff. They, we're going to have a flight in the B-17. He already knows all this, so he's all up for it. That you is know? so and fucking he's turning, cool, he, man. He will, will have turned 100 years, 100 years old. Yeah. I think Goosebumps now think about it. 100 years old. We have a B-17 in this state that can come up. He lives here. He did 25 missions. You know, this doesn't happen ever. It, the the only bummer like is, is that it's 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 during the week, right? Well, uh, I, 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 and we're I gonna just, get a lot of people coming. Well, I, I know there's gonna you. be a lot of people coming out. I just I wish you could get more kids to come out and see it. People should it's, pull their kids out of school. I'm I'm all for people that. Just stay. Call yeah. off. Tell your boss you're gonna see a once in a lifetime event and tell them to yeah, go. Yeah, it's a big deal. Himself. And honestly, I it was it was an it was an incredible experience when you guys flew up the the last time one was here. Right. Getting to see that one land. Right. Was one of the coolest things ever. And you're texting me from the air. You're texting. I say we're, we're about ten minutes out because I was able to. Fortunately, we were able to escort effectively this B-17 in with my Cirrus plastic toy airplane um, from Deer Valley Airport. We flew in with it. And got a lot of air to air. And by the way, there's a promotional video on Aviation Heritage Center of Kingman.org. Just go to Aviation Heritage Center and you'll find it. You can click on it. And there's a if you go to events, then on there is the the event that's going to be happening. And I sent Joe a link to the uh, to the video earlier today and said, check this out. And we did like a promo video for it. Some people working with us locally from out of state, but they're here now locally. And it's a pretty slick little video, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. pretty cool for this. And oh, I was gonna reason I brought that up was because the air-to-air photography that you see in the stills and the video clips that were turned into black and white were taken from my airplane on the flight up uh, a few years ago when we brought, the, when we brought that same aircraft up here for the uh, air fest. That is so cool. Yeah. Sentimental Journey. Yeah, Sentimental right? Journey. Yeah. Which is the name of the aircraft. Yeah, I didn't know it was a song that. There's a 1940s big band oh. called Sentimental Journey. Oh, okay. That's where that, I'm sure, came from. Right on. Um, so... Um, that's really a cool thing. So there he is. Mark your calendars, December, December 6th. 6th, Monday. And if the weather holds out, then we will all get to enjoy the B-17 and get to celebrate Major Levin Farron's 100th year birthday celebration. We're having all kinds of cool uh, storyboards made right now. As we That's what our meeting was last night about. It's it's going to... It's going to be pretty freaking cool. I can't wait, man. I'll yeah. be here. I, and I'll, I will make sure to be here for them flying in, right. for sure. We, we tried to arrange, and they wouldn't let us do it. We tried to arrange to do, to do some air-to-air photography while they were having this flight, and they said, absolutely not. We not we're not doing that. It's because, too much of a risk. Well, yeah, people don't know. I know what I'm doing, but they don't know that. And I, you know, even if I – they didn't even ask me if I had my formation card. You know, to, there's a certain level you can get to fly in formation. They didn't even ask. They said, nope, yeah. we're not doing it. Which, yeah, that's fine. I get it. So I told <laughs> – I texted Tim, and I said – Good. Now we have we've cleared that off our schedule. We don't have to worry about making pulling that stunt off. Yeah, you know? no shit. Now <laughs> I can relax and do something else and watch the flight from the ground, maybe or something. So there's that. All right, December sixth. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what, and I'm is, sorry. And then the December one more thing. And December seventh, which is Tuesday, that's the uh, regular city council meeting. That's when the Aviation Heritage Center of Kingman, myself, Jill, and Tim Gallick will be presenting to the city council our concept of the museum we have the outside design done by a well-known art director that'll all be reviewed and shown um and we're going to present that at the end of the council meeting on december 7th so we have my plate's kind of full between now and december 7th i'll be so glad when december 7th is over which is what the japanese said when they bombed pearl harbor oh my like, god get the <laughs> oh god paul no 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 well they did they probably were oh and this year's going to be s- 
70 years? No, it's more than that because 70, 70 oh, wait, No, wait, 75 was a few years ago for for so D-Day. It's 80 years. 1941, December 41 to 2021 minus 1941 is 80. Hey, uh, Poncho, get your calculator it's out. It's 80. Here. It's 80. 80 years? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I think you're right. 41 to 2001 would be 60 years. Yeah, and there you go. 20 Another years 20. Is 80 years. Did 60. I just do head math faster and better than you? I didn't even want to try because Are you I, fucking tired or something? I'm, it was the one of my one of those days. That's what happens. I unloaded all that healthcare stress and now I can actually perform like a normal God, functioning you, adult. You might become like you might win the Fields medal. Yeah, right. Before, it's like <laughs> uh, before, shit. <laughs> The Fields Medal. They don't even get it, give it out every every year. I know. That's how old you're going to be. Fucking Fields Medal. You're, you're going to start writing all these. You see, we have a blackboard here now called this wall. You can start writing out. Things yeah, writing out all these equations. It's like when Homer Simpson had the crayon removed from his nose, and he, he, <laughs> he they thought that Homer was just an idiot for like 30 years, and then it, like he had to have a, a, a I think CT or MRI of his head or, or an X-ray, and they're like the doctor, you know, the the, the Doctor Hibbert, mm-hmm. the black doctor's like, oh. Well, Homer, you've got a crayon up inside your nose. How long so was he, it, what is it, up there? Did they he's like, oh, him? I remember putting that up there when I was like six. And then like they flash back <laughs> to like, he was like, I'm going to be a doctor someday. Like as a six-year-old little Homer Simpson, he's mm-hmm. like doing math and he's doing homework and all that stuff. And he, start, he looks at the crayon and starts playing around and he shoves it too far up his nose and then forgets about it and then doesn't is a, a dumbass right. for the next 30 years. So they pulled the crayon out. And he woke up the next day, and it's like he had superpowers. So he, uh, my favorite scene, it's like probably my one of my favorite scenes from The Simpsons, and I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons. Or, you know, Homer's got the Ned Flanders, you know, is like super mm-hmm. religious, uh, indeedly doodly, like the that guy. Neighbor guy, yeah. He, he goes, he's hyper religious, yeah, with the mustache. Hyper religious. He goes, uh, Hey Ned, I was uh, trying to work out a flat tax for the for the U.S. government, <laughs> and I accidentally proved uh, the the I th- actually proved that God doesn't exist. <laughs> and he hands him like this <laughs> this like a couple sheets of paper, and Ned Flanders goes, "Hmm, well, indeedly doodly, looks like everything is in order here." Thanks, Homer. He goes, "Thanks, Ned. Have a good day." And then Ned walk turns around and grabs a lighter and just burns it and just like throws it down on the ground. <laughs> oh God! But that maybe that's what happened to me. Now that I'm like uh, so, unloading twelve years of healthcare stress, say, so and now I'm gonna we have re- removed a metaphorical crayon from your nose, <laughs> having left KRMC. Is that what it is? That's exactly what it is. I'm gonna te- I don't t-shirts made, it's, folks. It's empowering having a crayon coming out of your nose. Yeah, it's just a crayon coming out of my nose. <laughs> Anyway, all right, you had a topic you wanted to well, talk about. Well, it was about. just it was a handful of weeks ago. I was mad at something. I, I know shocking. It's, yeah. I know we're all shocked. And it had that you to were do with up. it had to do with the squishy software that people. We've talked about this topic in other areas. We, we're so advanced technologically. It's almost like in the movie Contact, where he said, "You, the strange species, are so advanced with this, but you're, but you, you." What does he say when he's talking to his uh, daughter? She goes, "You're an interesting species." You, y- yeah. Uh, um, oh my god. Yeah, I, I, the crayon you, uh, is still lodged yeah, firmly in my you, nose. Um, I don't remember. Oh, you have so many, so many. You're capable. You're capable of, you're so, capable of so wonderful many, dreams and such and terrible so, nightmares, yes, or exactly, something like that. Yes. Okay, that's not exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> Thank God, that's you close brought enough. that up. Um, it's uh, it's more like we have. Think of what we're you know we're building all these rocket ships and going to, and solving different problems and having all these vaccines that don't work, haha, whatever. And all these fantastic, but we're all fucked up, squishy software human beings with emotional things that just fuck things up. Fleshware, 
Right. The flesh wear is a problem. We all do this. We all talk about our own personally. We talk about our own personal flaws. Joe and I do about certain things. Everybody's everybody's full of them. It's just an amazing thing. So now I was thinking about, God damn it, I wish this situation wasn't this case. And it's getting fucked up because of this person disagreed with that. It was something else. If it's something to do with either, I don't know, it wasn't my business. It was something going on in town. I don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. But then I thought, God, just eliminate that nonsense and we'd be all much, much better off. And then I thought, but not really. Because I thought, if we all were Spock or just pure logical thinking 100% all of us all of us I don't think it'd be that exciting to life would be that exciting or I, or, or, or would we be transcend to, to something to something else and still would be exciting but that's part of the emotional I part. think it would make everything uh, like it, it's kind of like a <laughs> you remember the seminal classic demolition man yes where they got rid of you know uh uh human contact in the future mm-hmm. nobody holds hands they don't kiss anymore they don't fornicate normally, kinda like, like, like kind of, <laughs> and uh, it turned everybody into kind of like uh, just uh, mindless automatons, and they didn't. Uh, that humans need interaction, and they kind of need conflict, whether it's internal or external or both. Yeah, we need we need struggle. Humans need struggle. Like anytime, anytime you take away a struggle, a, uh, humans get a little weaker. Like. Uh, we didn't have an obesity epidemic until the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. And that's because automation re- eliminated the struggle for a lot of the workforce. Yeah, so you, then you had desk jobs. You and spent all a lot that. more calories uh, getting food even thousands yes. of years ago. Yes. You, half your day was spent how we're going to eat. It, exactly. The hunter gatherer thing. Yeah. So once you eliminate certain struggles, the Industrial Revolution kind of kicked it off when you had, you know, uh, uh, again, automation, right? right? Machinery doing the work that used to take ten people to do has one guy just making sure that shit doesn't fall apart. So we also the, talked about competition off the air too, about how it's well, competition's healthy, which it is. That's a little bit of a struggle too. It's like, oh shit, I got to do that person doing what I'm doing. I better up my game. Yes, exactly. That's, that's yeah. It's not the same thing, but it is. A it is similar. Struggle. No, it, it, yeah. it really is. It's a struggle, and you need that struggle. It's almost like uh, another analogy for the car guys out there, car folks, is uh, if you, 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 it, when it comes to your exhaust, you want to eliminate back pressure, but not too much because then you burn up your valves, you're not moving the exhaust gases too far away. You need mm-hmm. some sort of mm-hmm. back pressure. You need some sort of struggle for the engine to work against. You mm-hmm. just need that because mm-hmm. otherwise shit doesn't work correctly. Right? right? You need something. Humans need something. They need, you need a... They need some sort of a struggle, and almost anybody I know who has is is has done something with their life and made great grand things mm-hmm. or done great things in their life. It came from struggle, struggle, and, and you need kind of, that and, and kind of competition. Which competition is, is a form yeah. of struggle? I yeah. guess it's like uh, Ricky Bobby and um, <laughs> <laughs> and John, what's the French cat? <laughs> He says, "Do you want to be my Katie? You're my Katie Curry. You're my Katie you want Kulik. to be my Katie Curry? Matt Lauer, <laughs> Katie Kulik. What was the? Uh, uh, not the actor, but the the his. Uh, I Jean Jean Jean. Uh, Jean. What the fuck? Jacques? Was it Jacques? I, I, people are throwing I, their shoes at their. I can't remember because I'm always laughing too fucking hard <laughs> at all the scenes in that movie. <laughs> That's uh, two keys of pure Colombian bam bam. Anyway. Cougar's name is Karen. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> he screams at Karen. 
Wow, that was a kind of fore, foreshadowing, wasn't it, of all the Karens that were out yeah, there? Yeah, no shit, right? Karen the Cougar. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Anyhow, so w- w- did you have a point on that, or were you just, no, was that just, the point? Was it, that That's humans? kind of the ultimate point, is is would life be, you and I have discussions and kind of arguments and debates and things like that, but I, I just wonder if, if everybody got along with everything and everything was smooth everywhere we are with the airport, with downtown, all these things like that. I'm not. Would that be Nirvana at that point? Now you've now heaven is there, but well, now now there's no struggle because. Well, I mean, technically, Nirvana's internal in each person, but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go down the Bodhisattva I got route. It. I but got it. I got it. yeah, like a utopian kind of thing. That, that's I, that's the proper word. That's yes. uh, here's the thing, though. So, like, if you just go and look at, and I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but they did it right. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Star Trek takes place in a future of Earth where mm-hmm. we've made contact with other civilizations, but we've also eliminated most disease, most struggle, most things like that. It's true. Within Whatever you want to do on the, Earth. The, the, the maker bot. Yes. Which is yeah. the, the, their modern version. Yeah. You could just make whatever you needed. Yes, exactly. It, whatever, and, yeah. and things just kind of got taken care of. So then yeah. it allowed them to ascend to the heavens and become an intergalactic society and interact with other species that still struggle. That's the whole idea behind the yes. Federation, right? So you have that. But that's but if you get deep into some of the Star Trek, like the the offshoot shows, not just the original and or next generation, like mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine and so on and so forth, they talk about how there's still conflict on Earth. It's just localized to smaller areas. It's the majority like if uh, let's say the United States and uh Europe are considered like the bright uh, you know, North America North American countries, Canada and the United States and relatively forward thinking, right? Still, mm-hmm. even though, even with our divisive United States, whatever's going on, we're still pretty goddamn Re- reasonably, reasonably, so. reasonably yeah. so, so. Right? A few and things we're struggling with a lot. Yeah, yeah. of course. But uh, yeah. but on the whole, we're still progressing. Mm-hmm. So you got Europe, Canada, like the countries in Europe, Canada, United States are like the shining beacons of democracy and equality, and da 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 da. Right? So imagine. 190 countries around the world out of 205 sovereign nations, 190 of them became like what we are. Mm-hmm. That's what's kind of going on in the Star Trek universe in that in that in that on Earth in the Star Trek, you know, future future of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So but you still have that struggle. There's still some work to be done okay. because humans have that. They have that tendency to go a little bit fucking kooky, which is why people still have occupations they still have to work. They sure. still have to do things, and that's structured a certain way in Star Trek. But also, p- people, we discussed all these things, human beings are still kind of built and designed to be productive, let's say, but th- then it would be f- for something else. It wouldn't be to to shovel coal and, and break your back and die at an early age. Right. It'd be productive doing other things, yeah. like uh, maybe you know, with science or art and that kind of stuff. But then I was thinking about this, this uh, what's the replicator, what the hell this damn thing is? And the, yeah. Okay. So in, in, let's say that if you look at a beautiful painting or a beautiful sculpture um, that that um, that we all know is considered to be like the you know David, right? You know, or or some other painting, very well known painting that's just beautiful and it put, evokes some kind of emotion. So emotion is part of being a human being, also, right? Maybe something it, it makes you happy or sad. It has to do with struggle, also. I think of like course if you if you fought through something and won and you're victorious, you have happy tears sometimes. Yeah. If you've lost someone that you really love, that's a struggle. So, so if if you remove all the software, if you're just a logical human being, no such thing. But if it's 
100% logic, then that kind of goes away. Or let's say that you can replicate this beautiful painting or you can create this art instantly. You're, you're for, still, But now it's there, but it's like, wow, that person that built this has not took no effort. But you can do that there. with a painting now. What do you mean? Like you, like you have a print of a, of, it's a copy of a Van Gogh. I have a copy of. Yeah, I don't have any prints. Those are all copies. Yeah. Oh, it's a copy. Okay, it's a copy of a I'm Van sorry Gogh. I'm being snotty about that. No, no, it's just, no. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, I forgot that it's actually yeah. a painting. Okay, yeah. so you have that. Yeah. Right. So you, but that doesn't detract from the original artwork. So somebody still created that original artwork. But what I think, what yeah. the even deeper notion that you're getting at, like just a, almost there, is. If we eliminated and if, if we just made uh, eliminated all struggle and got rid of all the issues that humans have in their brain, mm-hmm. would we have art like that? Would you have the original? Yeah, that's what I wanted. And you're probably right. I don't think we would. It may, would someone create yeah. something that's really that ev- ev- evokes emotion from the right. next person? Which now you're getting into the territory of, uh, you know, uh, when psych meds first really, really hit their heyday, like in the 60s. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you really like, they've been prescribing lithium for a lot, lot longer than that. But like it really got prescribed. Uh, benzodiazepines were pioneered pretty much in the 50s and 60s, some, some in the early 70s. There were a lot of people that were put on meds that it eventually went off of them mm-hmm. because it dulled their creativity, because the chemical imbalance in their brain is what is the struggle that gave them. Mm-hmm. You know the ability to write these beautiful songs, paint paintings, murals, mm-hmm. sculptures, whatever you want to call it. So, and uh, you know you don't want to get rid of that. But you also don't want people to be you know blowing their brains out at twenty five because they can't cope because they their coping mechanism was always art yeah, and, and, and producing something or whatever it may be. And then you eliminated that co- that coping mechanism doesn't do the same for them you know so like you're that that's a that's a real thing in the mental health uh um uh in mental health circles Mm -hmm. is we need to medicate these people because they need help you know Mm -hmm. it's just like insulin you know Mm -hmm. you know same thing but if over medicating yeah they're not going to be as uh depressed or anxious or whatever or manic or whatever and even them even out their personality but their person their uneven personality is what gave us, you know, gave them right. an outlet that gave them pride in themselves. Right. They took something that was inherently fucked up about themselves and turned it into something good. I think what's really amazing too is you look at some of the greatest whatever category of art you want to call it, you know, pick a, a painting, a, 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 a again a sculpture, music, um, certain designs, and you and you dig dig into the history of these people. Some of the great achievers, a lot of them are so fucked up. It's like. Yeah, you know, we should be thankful for people being fucked up because it gives us, which is an odd yeah. way to think about it, but it's true because though. We, because we feel sorry. We want to help people like that, and if they're really struggling, but the people that were struggling, Van Gogh. I read, you know, there's that immersive Van Gogh experience in Atlanta right now. I didn't get to go it's there, see it, it but there's, it's uh, in, it's it, on in Phoenix right now. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Phoenix, and it's I called I, the immersive Van Gogh thing where you yeah, walk it's through a giant you, fucking warehouse. You can, you can also put the VR. My stuff old on. boss Jen. You know, we you met her yeah. before. She, she her and uh, some of her girlfriends went and went there this past weekend. Yo, Alice went there. So she said one of the coolest things she's yeah, ever done. They they just glowing reviews. We need to go down and check it out. It's got, I, they, they extended the stay in Atlanta for the one. Oh, there. did they? Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. It's it, it looks really really neat so um, anyway i didn't know i knew some about him because i went where he, he was born and stuff and but i didn't really and then now i really started reading because i was going to go check this thing out i had no idea how young he was how fucked up he was and how he 
got killed effectively or what it was it was I'm not going to bring it up in all these different stories but he was fucked up all these guys get fucked up but some of the greatest art yeah Salvador Dali was a complete and total madman just like your mug that you have that, that I got you at yeah. the Dali Museum yeah. yeah or like what he said about it. he's like I don't I don't uh I don't need drugs or I don't do drugs I am, I drug. am drugs <laughs> like that's that's fucking Dolly right there he, he had a pet anteater dude <laughs> he took his anteaters for a walk like it, Picasso was an interminable dick and most people think that he was actually a psychopath and there's even some theories out there that there were some murders that happened mm-hmm. near where he lived in and Spain could have been that's potentially been him. him that did it I wouldn't I wouldn't surprise yeah me. like like they're they, those people were fucked up but goddamn they produced some great art John Lennon beat the shit out of his first wife, disowned his his first son yeah. until his son was like fifteen, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a, he was a, he was a shit bag. He was yeah. a terrible. He was the worst Beatle. Yeah, just for that. But he produced some amazing, amazing art. And the twenty seven year old club, the twenty seven year twenty seven club, twenty seven club. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Just just for the musicians. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know. I see what you're getting at. Like I, like if we eliminated, I think if we did eliminate. 99% of all human struggle and suffering. I think we would suffer as a species and we wouldn't last much longer. Or I'm thinking I, it, all the personal things that bother me on a daily basis with business or other relationships that I have and things like that. If you just kind of this person would this or if I would not be so affected by that or if all these things would be okay, then I'd be okay. Well, the problem is yourself and you know, how you're handling it, obviously. And we have to be self-aware at least to that point. But I wonder if you probably need a certain level of of um, what do you want to call it of uh, friction of what we, what other terms we can use uh, uh, con- uh, conflict yeah conflict yeah a certain level of it otherwise again it's just gonna be freaking flat right a lot also you know? something I need to uh, throw out there too is that this <laughs> they talked about this in the first Matrix Matrix movie. Oh, the same you're, topic. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, exactly what we're talking about. So the Matrix was, I is, you know, about that. the Matrix is is what you know humans are basically turned into batteries in the future. Machines mm-hmm. won the war, right? And humans are uh, really, really good. They they generate electricity, so they have these farms of humans that are just floating in like nutrient dense liquid, and they keep them alive. But they have a, a simulation going on in their head. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go on to explain that the first the first uh, version of the Matrix was perfect. It was a perfect world where no one suffered. Like you know, that's in the simulation. No one suffered. No one struggled. Everyone was fed. Da da da. And f- found out that, hu- that the humans didn't give off enough electricity. That okay. their body totally needs that struggle. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I just actually forgot about it until like halfway through this conversation. Yeah. And they talk about that. So they the second they rebooted it and did the second version of the Matrix was the simulation that we're all living in now that's the that's the whole right. the whole premise and uh that i think that that speaks volumes and it's probably true yeah um because i can tell you like day and I, I almost i i i hate bringing it up sometimes just because it, it upsets me because it hits a little too close to home but um Right after Anthony Bourdain killed himself, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle came out with a new special, and he opens up the special. And I don't know if you remember this. And, oh. he, and he says, he goes. He said about Anthony. Yeah, he a, talked about and Anthony. And he said, Anthony Bourdain had the greatest job in the history of jobs. Mm-hmm. He f- flew around, got paid, didn't pay, he wasn't on paid. his dime. He yeah. got paid to fly around the world and eat amazing food. The most amazing food and ever, And yeah. drink alcohol. 
Anybody in this room would love to have that job. He had it, mm-hmm. and he killed himself. Mm-hmm. So that just goes to show you, just because things seem perfect on the outside means does not mean that things are good on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so that guy had had it all. Mm-hmm. Money, fame. He kicked his, his heroin habit. He, like, like when he killed himself, I think he was like 22 years sober or something like that. And, or 22 years you know, sober from heroin. I think he still smoked weed and, and, and drank. Yeah. But it wasn't he wasn't sticking a vein and almost dying every weekend. Right. So yeah, he had it, quite a story and he had yeah. no, at, at the last 20 years of his life, he had no struggle and he's and, still and he was it, going like, on different podcasts. It all looked like yeah. he was, he'd like, everybody was like, this is great. I hate to bring this up too, but I wonder if, if, do you know if he had any kind of therapy going on? He had a therapist. I have no idea. I, I've I never, I've never little. heard, I've never heard that. I, I, that's, and he never really talked about his mental, like being no. that, let's say, no, a little bit, depressed or in his whatever. books like i've read because i've read all of his books in his books he touches on some mental health issues and he said the heroin was like a it was a coping mechanism for it started off as back pain because mm-hmm. he was working 16 hour days five and six on days a feet, week on his feet hauling and he, food plates and, and he shit around did and, a yeah. did a line of heroin and it all went away and he felt great and this and that and the other and he just it just slippery slope mm-hmm. um but he his mental health struggle was the fact that what he wanted to do is lay around and get stoned and watch tv and just eat cereal all day long mm-hmm. and every day was a day every day was a struggle for him to get up and and get out of the house and go and do something and be motivated mm-hmm. because he had he was executive chef at Laol's in mm-hmm. the very, very fancy French restaurant in New York City. He didn't have to struggle anymore. He didn't have to cook. Like, he didn't really – he would jump in and show somebody how to cook a dish or if he had to fill in for a chef for a few hours, but he didn't really he, work anymore. Yeah. And he didn't have that that struggle, and I'm sure – he touched on it a little bit here and there in most of his in, – in some of his books, but so what you're there was it's, never it's, any – It's possible it was too easy for him, for his set point well, for – Yes, being it was because he had money, obviously. Oh yeah, had to fly first class or whatever he was Bell's, doing. Uh, New York Times bestselling, uh, you yeah. know, uh, 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 author. But this took like work, five obviously, times to over. write. It took work. Yeah, but like with that guy, like he, I don't think it was ever a struggle. I think he just opened up his mouth, and if you if if he just wrote down whatever he thought or said, or it people was, were it was recording perfect. stuff or taking yeah. notes or whatever. Yeah, he was very quotable, well spoken. Anyway, so that just goes to show you that you know. You eliminate a lot of the struggle. You're still gonna have to deal with what's inside your head. Now, once we fix that, I don't know, man. Then are you human anymore? I mean, I, yeah. The way things are going now, there's there's uh, DNA testing that you can do to find out uh, that will tell you what class of psych meds you maybe should be on. <laughs> well, because uh, if you look at this, the the list of psych meds out there is fucking incredible, right? When it's anti anxiety, antidepressants mood stabilizers, so on and so forth. And there's, like, out of those different categories, you know, out of those, say, four or five different categories for mental health meds, mm-hmm. there's, like, 20 different meds in each one, and you have to you have to experiment and figure out, you know, which ones work for you. And, uh, and a lot of people never figure it out. I'll have to do this test on me, and then people want Merck would be in there in the room and go, oh, man, we're going to make all kinds of money in R&D Oh, we're going to study this guy's cranium. We're going <laughs> to... We're gonna we're gonna clean up. With You're this. gonna have a bidding war between <laughs> Pfizer and Merck. Johnson and Johnson, Merck, and all those pharmaceutical companies. Are gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, 
just get in that gains brain. <laughs> gains brain. Or they'll or they'll 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 start getting down and dirty and really really looking you know digging into your brain and and, and then it's kind of like opening up the ark of the covenant. Right. People's, People gonna melt. Their eye. Actually, one of my favorite scenes in the in the show Scrubs. Mm-hmm. It's like the one nurse, uh, Carla, her character, and she's like little Latina. She's like mm-hmm. a little fireball, and uh, she was pissed about something. And the main character, what's his uh, Zach Braff, uh, 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 yeah. JD, yeah, he goes, Carla, what's wrong? What could possibly be wrong with you? And she's like, Oh, let me tell you this. And he has like this daydream where her head just opens up, <laughs> and these spirits come out, and his face <laughs> melts. And there's like a nurse and a patient standing there and holding an IV pole, and he turns to a skeleton. That's probably what would happen if the <laughs> pharmaceutical industry tried to study your brain. Right. They w- it would just let the spirits out. Right. Even they though Charlie, Charlie says you're constantly bleeding steam, I don't know about that. They're I, like, I, I told you not to leave this one alone. I told you to don't mess with it. There's some things that you just shouldn't do. <laughs> don't open up Paul's <laughs> crazy head. So that was my topic anyway. It's like uh, deep topic, man. Deep, well, deep, and deep we, shit. And we've we've talked similar to things like that, but it's um, we all complain about how people are fucked up or affecting our lives or how we screw things up or someone else screw, but it's that's part of being that's part of why we have art yeah. and things and we're exploring and the struggle is part of it and I guess you have to learn how to embrace it somehow maybe yep. if you can learn how to at least recognize these things it, embrace it if and, you can play to that if you can figure out a way to use your struggle for something good that's the right. that's the that however however you got to do it and then a lot of people like if they if they are they have plenty of money and plenty of time. That's when they get into politics, Ugh, unless they really do a good job with it. But we've seen enough where it hasn't been that way. But they then they do a lot of volunteer work. You know, they they create a, a foundation or a fund to try to help to really change something that they can affect. Right. You know, then that's how they can stay busy and not go crazy. Because that's what of, I would do if I had a shit shitload of money, like bit like fuck you money. Mm-hmm. I would do all sorts of just outreach this and outreach that. Not not spending money directly on people because that's that typically doesn't work. Yeah, you have to have a you have to figure out a system or or at least contribute to something that you know would actually make a difference and change something as opposed to just giving people money yeah. willy nilly kind of thing. That that is that what you're talking about? That yes, part doesn't absolutely. Really work. Yeah, you got to go in there and really fix the the problem. Yeah, and that takes effort. And there's the challenge. And there's your challenge and your struggle. Yeah, yeah. There it is. All right, that's all I got. All right, that's all I got, folks. Have a great week. Everybody we'll talk relax to you. now. Everybody chill out. Yeah. <laughs>